Good evening and welcome to the Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter Podcast. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea. Sorry this episode is so late, but we had stuff going on. And <clears throat> we might try to add something else because mostly it's just spring training scores and a little Chris Sale talk too. I mean, but still, I mean, yeah, not a lot going on this week, news-wise. Still waiting. Yes, I did say, but at this rate, I'm just going to say, you know what? We'll let you know when we let you know about the MLB investigation. I have a feeling that we're probably not going to hear anything for a long, long time. So just just keep waiting. As I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is basically just just go on with the rest of your day or the rest of your week like nothing's really happening. Just go on with the rest of your week like that. Because just worrying and waiting for this stuff, it's just it's not going to do anybody any good. It really isn't. So, all right. Let's go over spring training scores. All right. You, oh, no, no, get, 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 get. Ah. All right, so the last time we talked was March the 1st, and they just played the Atlanta Braves. So on December, or I mean, on, on Monday, they played the Detroit Tigers and won that game. Or not, sorry, long day, long day. All right. So they played the Detroit Tigers at the Tigers Spring Training Facility and ended the game in an 11-11 tie, which in spring training you can basically do. Yeah, better than no. It's like kissing your sister, Tom. <laughs> yeah, team, what, what we did for fall baseball for uh, Heartland when I was in college, we would play like sort of like spring training games or preseason games and kind of like the same thing in spring training. If you like uh, end a game or end uh, the ninth inning with a tie tie or something like that, or how many innings you go, then you can basically call a tie, basically. And usually at this point, some like how long the game was and how much time we have left. And sometimes some of these fields didn't have lights, and so and get close to dark, so you know what, call it a tie. For and this is only for like the fall season, which is basically kind of like the spring training or preseason for. Uh, Juco or college baseball. So yeah, so I said like, well, you know what? At least we, at least we tied. And then Was or uh, Mar- or uh, Daniel Wassinger, who, if you look it up, is actually the son of Red Sox scout or famous Red Sox scout Mark Wassinger. Yeah, look him up. That I'm not for real. He is for. I, I'm not for. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, it, I am for real. He is the son of a uh, Red Sox scout, Mark Wassinger. Yeah, so that's his son, Day or uh, Daniel Wassinger. Yeah, or Wass as we like to call him. 
who is um in the Diamondbacks uh minor league uh or in the farm system Diamondbacks farm system? Yeah, I played. Yeah, catcher, the old Texan, called him Sandy Cheeks, because yeah, because yeah, Sandy Cheeks is from Texas. Yeah, that's why I call him Sandy. But yeah, are you sure you're not referring to Sandy Hook? No, I mean Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob SquarePants. The squirrel from Texas. That's oh my god. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, so on Tuesday they played the Yankees at their spring training facility and lost nine to one. Yeah. We'll go into details over that because you know what's a spring training and who gives a crap. Then the Tigers came to JetBlue Park on Wednesday the next day and lost or I know, lost that game, or the Red Sox lost that game, 13-9 to the Tigers. Then the Astros came the next day to the JetBlue Park, and the Red Sox lost that game, this time 5-0. And then the then they went to the Braves or, uh, spring training facility and lost that game 7-5. And then on Saturday or yesterday, they played a split squad action with the with the Blue Jays and the Phillies. So the Blue Jays came to JetBlue Park, and the Red Sox other split squad went to uh, the Phillies' uh, spring training facility. So a win against the Blue Jays five to two, and a loss against the Philadelphia Phillies ten to two. And then today, this afternoon, they played. The Minnesota Twins and barely won that game, uh, seven to six. So good, at least as a dub. But still, at the same time, it's free training. Not really worried. Not really phased. Come, but come March the twenty sixth, I will go into more details of these games and be more fired up about these games because you know what. Regular season games and postseason games, the real games I really do matter or really do get worked up about. Spring training, eh, I don't even watch. I mean, I should watch a few of them just to get back in the feel of it, but or listen. I have, when I go to work, I do listen to some of the spring training games, but at the same time, you know what? I mean, yeah, I just, it's spring training. I mean, they're throwing out people that I haven't even heard existed until today or at this game. I mean, I'll still watch some of the games. I watched the Yankees game when I came home, or the Red Sox-Yankees game when I came home on Tuesday. I had the day off uh, before I went to the North Community basketball game, which was my alma mater growing up, and I help out with their uh, basketball team too, which, by the way, they won regionals. First time in five years, bringing back more hardware, the Ironman way. All right, different sport. But, yeah, before I left for the game – Regional game, which was out of town. I watched the Reds or a uh, Red Sox Yankees game, but they had it on the Yankees broadcast. So, and my rule is, if they're not Red Sox broadcasters, be it whether TV or radio, they're getting muted because I am not listening to Joe the Schmo from the New York Yankees basically berate my team. And or even the national broadcasters who listen to Jessica Mendoza, Alex Rodriguez, and Joe Buck. Oh my God! 
That, yeah, if it's definitely Joe Buck, that game's getting muted. Yes, definitely getting muted because I am not listening to that clown talk. I mean, seriously, does anybody like that dude? Honest to God, does anybody like that dude? He stinks. People hate him. Why does he still have a job? If people hate the dude and he's not good at his job, why does he still have a job? It's just, it's, it's stupid. There's no logic to it. If you're not doing a good job and people don't like you or complaining, why do you still have a job? It makes no sense. It just baffles me. It just blows my mind. It just screws my mind. It makes me just, ugh. I don't know. I really don't know. I just feel like there is no justice in the world. There really is no justice, no logic, no justice. Everything stinks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Positive. Be, be positive, T.O. All right. Well, there is more not too great news. Um, Chris Sale, um, now his elbow is now acting up again. Originally, he was going to be out for um, – the first two to three weeks because of a balance because he battled pneumonia earlier the spring training and he's they're resting him to basically get his like a uh, weight back and stuff like that. But it's looking like he was a uh, throwing today and stuff like that or throwing this week and got soreness in his elbow. So here we go again. It's Chris Sales. Yeah. Although at this rate, I mean. They did report this uh, this week that uh, he possibly won't need to have John, Tommy John, but my opinion, well, the way Chris Sale's arm is getting and stuff like that and how it's not getting better, I would kind of want to see him get Tommy John. If that means sacrificing 2020, then so be it. So be it. I'd rather have the old Chris Sale of 2017 who basically was striking people out, making people look Silly in 2018 too, making people look silly. The guy who was striking out 15 people in a game and basically just making them look like dumbasses, basically, and stuff like that. I want that old Chris Sale back. And if that means having Tommy John and missing all of 2020, so be it. I mean, seriously, there have been guys who have had Tommy John before, and you know what? They've came back much better and much stronger because of it. Although there have been stories too of guys who have had Tommy John and they've never been the same since then. And that's probably why the reason why Chris Sales and I want to have Tommy John. We're asking like getting second opinions and stuff like that because he's heard the stories of uh, people, of guys who have had Tommy John and you know what? They've just never been the same since then. It also depends too who the doctor is. I mean, seriously, if you got a complete idiot doing it or a complete incompetent that I can basically see where, yeah, that, yeah, but still, I mean, I would possibly find the best Tommy John surgeon out there and just do it. I mean, I mean, I mean, at this rate, 2020 is already a loss. It really is. It is already a season where I'm already just, I mean, I'll watch the games, but I'm just not going to be happy. I mean, not apart from 04, 07, 13 and 2018, it's just, oh, man, my head's starting to throb. <laughs> just even thinking about it. it. hasn't even started yet. I'm already starting to, trying to massage my head. Because <sighs> just, oh, yeah. 
Although with the eventuality of that happening, of Chris Sale being gone longer than really he should be, and possibly because we need a fifth starter too, uh, the Red Sox did go out and or sign or claimed a former Astros pitcher for and reliever Colin McHugh to a uh, pitch. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's look at the stats. How how do you do fair in uh, Houston? See how he fared in Houston, like stat wise, career wise. Baseball reference. Yes, this is basically where we're getting all our stats from baseball reference, which basically you should, if you need to find a sports stat and stuff like that, you need to go on a um, sports reference. Res with the respect of sport, we're using baseball reference right now. No free ads, by the way. But this is where we're getting our stats from. This is where we're getting our stats from. Con cute. Way better than Wikipedia, I could say that. I mean, some of it, I mean, some stuff on Wikipedia has to be sort of true. I mean, I can see where some of it isn't really true because you, yes, you have people who are, have access to this and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, so he pitched with, or so, when he was with the Astros, he had a 58-35 and 35 record, 624 win percentage. Okay, it's decent. 3.63 year, all right, maybe a little mediocre, but I mean, kind of getting it done. Kind of below average getting it done. Um, so, yeah, that's a I'll go over strikeouts, too. He... Where's the strike at? Here we are. 753. Or 743. Alright. Yeah, part of the 2017 Houston Astros. Did he pitch at all in the World Series? Yeah, one game, and he basically got lit up. Which game was that? <laughs> yeah, 13.50 ERA in the World Series. Let's see. Wait, where is it? Here we are. Oh, here we are. 2017. Game five in Houston. Yes. Was that the extra inning one? Was that the extra inning one? I think that might have been. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're kind of getting a decent arm. And that's what I mean. I mean, at this rate, I mean, we, we already have a lot of options pitching-wise. So you know what? It's basically just at this rate, I meant, I don't think he's going to stay be here that long in Boston, but – yeah, it's kind of like a Martin Perez kind of deal. Like, he'll probably be here for one year, and, and that will just be fine because 2020 is already turning out to be a loss or as it is. I don't – I I can guarantee you I do – I do believe in miracles. I do believe in the unexpected and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm already kind of feeling like I'm not really excited about 2020 at all, which is fine. 
There are some years where you are at the top of the world and basically are loving life. And there are some years where life stinks and you're at the bottom. And that's fine. That's called sports. All right. But we take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll go over trivia questions. I kind of want to go into kind of like a segment, too, about a a non-Boston sports uh, subject. Um, I just recently started binge-watching uh, the miniseries Band of Brothers, which I have watched before. I mean, I, I'm re-watching it again. That was my that was my uh, favorite miniseries or trill or could you say movie trilogy? Kind of call it that or something like that. Basically, it was kind of like my Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Harry Potter kind of basically. That was my favorite. And you know what? The best thing about it was, it actually happened. Those guys were for real. Yeah, Dick Winters, Dick Winters, Don Malarkey, Buck Compton, Carwood Lipton, Ronald Spears. Bill Garnier, Joe Toy, all those guys. Yeah, they were, those guys were for real. These guys actually went out there and did extraordinary things and saved the world from being enslaved from people like Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany as they fought their way through Normandy, Holland, Bastogne, and all the way up to Hitler's uh, Hitler or Hitler's vacation home at Burgess Garden. Which they captured. They didn't capture Hitler in it because he was already dead at that point. But um, they captured his house and basically, yeah, they can Yeah, that's basically yeah. All right, all right, go to break. Go to break. All right, all right, we are back. Um, so trivia question: Name the starting righty and lefty pitchers on the old Fenway team. Do, do, do. All right, all right. It was Pedro Martinez and uh, Lefty Grove. I wonder who the lefty was. Lefty, yeah, Lefty Grove. But is it Pedro Lefty? Excuse me. I thought he was. All right, Google. All right, Pedro Martinez. Go. To- Back to baseball stats. We should have kept this up. <laughs> we should have left this. Yeah, left this tab up. Pedro Martinez. He. Oh, we did pitch right-handed. All right. So yeah, yeah. So Lefty Grove, Lefty Grove is the left-handed pitcher. All right. Where is he? Make sure he is. Yeah, he's the left-handed pitcher. Okay. All right, that would not make sense. Your name is Lefty, but you're not a left-handed pitcher. That that would not make sense whatsoever. It's <laughs> about to say you lied. You lied. False advertisement. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> All right. Speaking about bastards, the unglorious bastards of Bastogne. Yeah. Which brings us to our next topic, which is a non Boston Red Sox, but non sports related topic. Um, a lot of those guys did play sports in college and high school. Yeah. So, um, as you know, there is a mini series that came out way back, like almost 20 something years ago, 
That was called uh, back in 2001, so around the same time as like 9-11 and all that stuff. Yeah. And they were even thinking of canceling the or canceling showing that program. But you know what? Since this was a war uh, or war miniseries slash movie too at the same time and kind of goes back to World War II and has happened at the same time we're now going to war now too against terrorism. I'm talking about the miniseries, which was also before it became a miniseries, a book called Band of Brothers, which I have a movie poster of the miniseries or movie series premiere right on the left or right hand side of my entertainment center facing or looking at it right now as we speak. Yes. So Band of Brothers follows this or is the story that follows the uh, company called Easy Company that was part of the um, part of a second battalion of the 506 infantry parachute infantry regiment um, of the 101st Airborne Division. Yes. So during World War II, from their basic training at uh, Camp Decoa, Georgia, and like their training in England too, and how they became paratroopers, all the way like through Normandy during the D-Day land, D-Day um, jumps and jumping into Normandy during the landings, flying through Caratan during Operation Market Garden, which was the sort of kind of successful, kind of failed invasion of uh, Holland. It failed because the, their plan was uh, if they captured the bridges connecting Holland to Germany, they could cross the Rhine, get into Germany, get to Berlin, and, and the war by Christmas, which that didn't work out that well. I mean, yeah, basically the really the real guys who really got screwed were the British paratroopers in uh, Arnhem, 1st Airborne. They really got left there to dry. Those poor, those red devils, those poor little bastards. Yeah. Which in an episode of Band of Brothers, they do try to get some, they do uh, successfully try to get those guys out. Try to get those guys out by like sneaking in during the middle of the night and basically, yeah, waiting for them uh, offshore on a creek and basically try to get a lot of them out, which they did. Got them out, got them crossed. Yeah. And then falls them through Bastogne or in the Battle of the Bulge which was a defining moment for that regiment and for that division. If they were not famous then, they became famous after that battle. And after that successful defiance last stand or defense of Bastogne. And that's kind of what makes it feel good about being American, especially a story like that. One airborne division, one airborne division that had lacked food, winter clothing, and ammunition, but still they held off four or five of Hitler's best SS Panzer divisions, which basically Panzer division is basically yeah, um, armored division. If you don't know about history too. Um, and at, at that point, that was the turning point of that whole battle because at the, from the start of that battle from June, or December the 16th, 1944, up until they were finally leave, the Germans were kind of kicking the Americans' butt at the time. They caught them way off guard with their pants down. And basically, yeah, basically you were, uh, were overrunning their positions, taking scores of prisoners, and sometimes killing some of these prisoners too. Yeah, Malmody Massacre, yeah. But you know what? That was the defining moment up there. And yeah, even when they even the Germans asked for the uh, surrender of Bastogne, the commander said, you know what, nuts. Basically, yeah, you know what, F you. We're still holding this. 
uh, town. And if you want to take this town, you're going to have to kill every one of us. <laughs> you kill every one of us or basically run us out. But, or uh, basically, uh, I cannot talk. Um, long day. Um, basically, yeah, if you want this town, you're going to have to take it. And you're going to have to take it for our cold, dead hands. You know what? And that's what made that division great. And basically, and they also go into the whole retaking of the whole, uh, all the ground that they lost during the Battle of the Bulge and stuff like that, too, in Episode 7. Some kind of, um, and also during uh, the El Sassarain campaign, which basically was not really that big of a deal. It was kind of basically just kind of like stalemate, like kind of waiting until spring arrives until they can actually get into the Germany. Then going from Germany, and Episode 9, they had a series, or had an episode, and the title was Why We Fight. And they kind of find out, and you kind of find out later in that episode, like when you get to the end, why they fought that war. And because they uh, discover a concentration camp, and but they didn't find out until later on when they started interrogating some of these guys that this was, these are all Jews. These are all part, these are all, this is part of Hitler's final solution. And basically, yeah, and that kind of like just dawned on some of these guys, this is why we're here. This is why we're here. To save a race of people that are being butchered and yeah. It gets me a little ugh. And then the final episode where um they uh actually kick, uh capture Hitler's um vacation home at a uh, Burgess Garden up in the Alps near uh, Bavaria and where they find out Germany surrendered, the war's over. We won, guys. And they kind of do, uh, they were kind of going to, too, why uh, even though Germany surrendered, they still had to go off and fight Japan. And that's what they were doing. They trained and trained, but then when they were done training, Japan surrendered, too. They dropped the atomic bomb and Japan surrendered, so the war was over. Yeah. So, the ser- miniseries is really good. I really liked it. The score on that is really good. The score is basically the background music. It's really good. It kind of makes you Feel ooh man, I kind of like some of these World War II uh, movies and miniseries because they have really good background music and uh, scores. Yeah, it kind of makes you like it has that triumphant, yeah, triumphant. Especially when like the Americans show up, like that triumphant. And the Pacific is also like that too. That's another. That's the Pacific Theater Band of Brothers a little bit too. They're coming out with a Air Force One too, called uh, the Mighty Eighth or uh, something like that. Which also has the same actor who plays Dick Winters, Damian Lewis, um, in it as one of the commanding officers. I hope they do justice on that because, little known fact, both because my grandfather, my dad's father, was a pilot in the same outfit that this new series is going to be about. Like at the Mighty 8th Air Force, he had flew B-17 missions over Germany and stuff like that, or... Flew in a B-17 or, or flew combat missions over Germany during World War II. And, um, yeah. And a little known fact, talk, go back to the 101st and Easy Company. My uh, great uncle was a medic with the 101st. But we're, we're not really sure what battalion or what regiment or what battalion it was. We'll probably find out later on, like, as we gather more intel and dip. And more information 
But at the same time, we know only that uh, he was a medic and he was with the 101st. And he also got captured at Bastogne, which is weird. It's very it odd, but kind of uh, going into uh, some of that, um, too, that uh, a lot of these, uh, the fog was so bad. The weather was so bad. It was so foggy to the point where, like, some of these guys on both sides, the Americans and the Germans, were basically, like, they would go to the bathroom sometimes and basically go the wrong direction and basically walk into the, each other's lines and either get captured or get killed. Like, like because the bad. Weather and fog was so bad. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and they kind of show that on the the, Bastogne, the sixth episode of Band of Brothers. Um, Dick Winters and uh, Doc Rowe are uh, hanging out and like this German just walks in and uh, they do capture him. You, and it was kind of the same scenario too. The guy just got into the bathroom. He just went the wrong way. <laughs> or came back the wrong way. Yeah. Come and you here. Come and you here. Now. Now. I mean, yes, it's a serious movie, too, but they had some funny moments, too. Like, especially scenes of involved George Luz, too. That was pretty funny. <laughs> he was a jokester. I liked him. I, that would actually be pretty funny just that be around a guy like that. That would actually be pretty funny. Like some of the jokes he's <laughs> that, dude, that dude made. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the miniseries, I su- suggest – Watch it too, but also read the book too because that goes into more detail too and has more information, more stories than the miniseries really had. Here I am. Trying to see something here. What the? What the hell happened? All right. Crap. And again. All right. Um. Okay. So I don't think there's anything else to talk about. Just, just waiting for the supposed um MLB investigation. But at the same time, kind of like you know what. Just keep going on our day and kind of like fall, spring training, kind of wait, counting down the days to opening day. I mean, yeah. All right, so I have to show up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving this opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at Sox Illinois. And then follow my personal Twitter page at junkyarddog underscore 92. Follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast from. doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, I feel like that about do it. See you guys. Manana. <laughs>
She took me by her lovely hand and whispered in my ear, I'll guide you up to heaven if you order me a beer. Seconds later, I found myself beside this pretty lass. Want a thought in my head and a nail in my glass. Hey, dear, come on, what is spending on the two? What for me, yeah. what for you? She will fill you up and ask you to pay But if you can find it safe enough Just let's find it So take your piece. When I came back, I saw two girls having a French kiss. The girls they were the nearer. Could this really be? The Irish way is finally dawning on me. When we drank the final pint, that girls asked me to pay. They promised me to meet outside at Lower Castle's Way. When they left, I took the bill. The girls have set me up. They left me with an empty purse and sit to the gut.